Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. I have a joke for you, but I'm going to make you work for the punchline. I'm going to see how this goes over. I've never, I've never tried this before. There was a new preacher in town, and uh, he thought the right thing to do would be go knock on doors of his congregation and introduce himself and let him ask him questions and all. And one day he went to this one house and he knocked on the door and he could hear something going on, but nobody was coming to the door. And so he uh, walked around the other side of the house and, and noticed there's a nice garden back there and everything. And he knocked on the door again and he could hear noise inside the house and nobody came to the door. So took out his business card and he wrote down there his name and he wrote down Revelation 3.20. The following Sunday, after the offering was collected, he looked in the offering and he broke out laughing. Just laughed real hard, just roaring laughing because on, on his business card that he found in there was also a verse and it was Genesis 3.10. I'll know when you find those verses because somebody will laugh pretty hard. Write those down and maybe go look at them, and you'll get the joke. If you don't look at them, you won't get the joke. Okay, I want to teach today on something that, on some verses that maybe we haven't looked at in the, in the same way that we've been taught them. I want, to, I want to maybe take a look at them in a different way. So I have some questions for you. The first question I want, I want to ask you is, what does salvation or saved, what does that mean to you? And in salvation or being saved, what does confession have to do with it? Now, I am going to answer these questions. And uh, here are, here are some, here's something else. What confession are you familiar with? I went through it and I thought about that. And, the, and there's, there's three main types of confession that I think we most recognize as that we could say that this is what confession is. The first one is, uh, if you're a part of the Word of Faith Church, confession to you might mean you say what you want until it is created by the words of faith that you speak. How many remember Mark 11, 23, and 24? Pretty much what that says. Say what you want, and eventually you'll get it because of the words of faith that you speak. If you came from a Baptist or an evangelical type of church, to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior so we can be saved or punch our ticket to heaven, right? No confession, no salvation, right? And then if you came out of the Catholic Church, you would go to the church and you'd go see a priest and he would sit on one side of the booth and you'd get on in on the other side of the booth and, and you'd tell him what you'd done wrong and he would say, well, this is what you need to do for your penance, this is how you're going to make it right for all those sins that you just confessed. Okay? Well, then I looked up Webster's Dictionary of what confession has to say. And Webster says, to acknowledge or declare, to admit or admit having. That's what confession means according to Webster's. How many of you have ever heard of a criminal confessing? Confessing to a crime. When did he become a criminal? When he confessed to the crime? 
or when he committed the crime. So we, we look at confession and we think a lot of different things about confession. And so we're going we're gonna to explore some of those things. And here's one more question I want to ask you. What condition do you have to meet to receive unconditional love? Think of that for a minute. What condition do you have to meet to receive unconditional love? If you've got your Bible with you today or if you're looking on your iPad or phone or whatever you got there, let's go to Hebrews 10.23. Chapter 10, verse 23 says, now I'm just going to read the verse, but I know I hope you guys know that when you study the Bible, you should read all around what verses I'm talking about and get the full gist of it. But to save, but rather than keep you here like the old days, the three-hour services, I'm going to just read the certain verses, okay? So 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So that's one thing about confession. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. What is, your, what is it that you have hope for? You need to, so that, that's the Apostle Paul probably, who was the writer of Hebrews, even though it doesn't necessarily say that. More, more people think that he's the one who wrote it. That's what he was, he was saying. Let's hold fast to the confession of our faith. Now here's a verse that too many times I think we have been beaten up with. And that is in Matthew 10, 32 and 33. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny, deny before my Father who is in heaven. How many, is, how many has ever been intimidated to talk about Jesus with somebody. If you've ever been intimidated, then you probably thought this verse has already got you, I mean, you're, you're in trouble already because you've heard this verse taught, if you don't stand up for Jesus, you know, but I'm here to tell you that's not exactly what we're saying. Let's go over to John chapter five and verse 22. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Hmm. What do you think of that one? And then let's go over here to John 12, 47 and 48. And I'm wondering if anybody's ever really read this verse, because you, you might think, you, you might be thinking it a little differently here. If anyone hears my word and does not keep them, I do not judge him. There's a lot of contradictions here right now, aren't there? I've just thrown a bunch of contradictions at you that you don't know what to believe right now, maybe. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my word has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has, given, has himself given me a commandment to say what to speak. So Jesus doesn't say anything except what God's already told him to say, right? And I know that his commandment is, 
eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. So how can you be judged for, how can you be denied to the Father for not standing up for Jesus when Jesus says he's not judging you and he's not judging you because the Father has told him what to say? So I have some uh, definitions I want to read to you of some words that we might have not readily have thought of. The first one is confess or acknowledge. The Greek word is called is homo legio, and it means to agree verbally with or say the same thing that is already established. That's what confession or acknowledgement or, or to acknowledge the word, that's what it means. And then to deny, that's the Greek word, arna to contradict, refuse to affirm, renounce, or reject. So what I'm getting at here is when we don't say the same thing, or so when we say something other than what Jesus says about you, Jesus will contradict or deny your denial. When he goes to the Father and you didn't stand up for him because of your confession, he say, no, God, that's not, how they, that's not who they are. Remember, you didn't send me to judge them. You sent me to forgive them. So we're not judging them, Father. We're receiving them as forgiven. Or, or he may do something else. When we say something that agrees with the word, we say what it says about you, the word of truth or the gospel, then Jesus agrees with or says the same thing that is actually already established. So you see, when we say one thing, Jesus isn't going to get in agreement with us for saying something bad about ourselves. This might help you understand. I got, I got something here that might help you understand. I don't remember the instance when Peter walked on the water. What else could Jesus have said to answer Peter's question? What did Peter say? If it be you, Lord, bid me to come. What else could Jesus say? He had, he had one, one answer. Okay, if it's me, bid me to come. He said, okay, Peter, get out of the boat. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. And then we, we all, then a lot of people will uh, stick on the point that, yeah, gee, Peter seen the waves and the wind and all that stuff. And, and everybody knows you can't walk on the water when the wind blows. I mean, and so he, his disbelief or his unbelief caused him to sink. How do you think he got back in the boat? I think Jesus grabbed him by the collar and, Drug him around, drug him back, back to the boat, trawling for a catch, bouncing him up and down on the water. Or do you think he got up he, when Jesus reached out his hand? Do you think he stood, came back up on the water and said, "Oh yeah, that's right. You are Jesus. I can walk on the water." So Jesus agreed with what he said. I am the Lord. Come on, let's walk on some water. Let's get back in the boat now. We're got, we got some other things to do. So. I want to look at some verses here, and I want you to pay particular attention. See if you can pick out a, a word in these verses 
that, that I want to talk about. The first verse is Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. And it says, But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. How many of you think that's got to do with punching your ticket to heaven? Don't raise your hand yet. Let's go over to Romans 5, and we'll start at verse 1 and read through verse 11. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our heart, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood. Much more we shall be saved by him from the wrath. Anybody pick up on a word yet? Let's go to the book of John. John 3.17, how many know that verse? Everybody knows John 3.16, right? But do you know the 17th verse? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And here's another one, John 12, 47 and 48, we're going back there. John 12, 47 says, If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Anybody know what word I'm looking for? The word saved or salvation. And here is the definition of saved or salvation. To rescue, to deliver, to heal. By extension, to live in right relationship with God. With the implication that the condition before salvation was one of grave danger or distress. It also means also means to be made whole, do well, and preserve. That has nothing to do with going to heaven, does it? That has a lot to do with right, the right here and right now. Now, God's word is a fact. Whether you agree with it or not, Jesus only speaks the established word. And so his words are fact. So when we, when we say the same, things, the same things that Jesus says, then Jesus agrees with us, and he confirms it to our Father. When we say things about us that, that are not true, that says, oh, I'm just, I'm no good, Jesus. I can't do that. I can't get into that. I can't do any of that. I'm just always sick. I'm just always tired. I can't, I'm, I'm always doing wrong. 
Jesus tells the father, says, that's not him. That's not him. We're not going to agree with that. We're going to deny his denial. I'm not getting in an agreement with him on that. Because if he does, then he cannot be saved. So when you are saved, let's go back to the definition again. Means to rescue, deliver, to heal. By extension, to be in right relationship with God with the implication that the condition before salvation was one of grave danger or distress. And it also means to be made whole, to do well, or to preserve. So what is it that you need? Those are already bought, paid, bought and paid for by salvation. I want to go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 18 and 19. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to be him, to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciled by the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. What is the message of reconciliation? It is salvation to be delivered, to be made whole, to be healed, to be in right relationship with God. You've already been saved. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. It is finished. The work was finished. All it is for us to do now is to accept and agree with what Jesus did. And then let's go to 2 Timothy 2, verse 10, and we'll read through 13. There are, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This, the saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us or he will deny your denial of him. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Are you the body of Christ or not? You cannot be, you can't, Jesus cannot deny himself. Some people would say, Chuck, you've just told everybody they can just go live anyway. They want to live and just get away with it. That's not true. Sin does have a sin does have a, a cost, and, and we can see that in the natural being. For instance, if you smoke tobacco, odds are you're going to end up with some kind of health condition, either lung cancer, heart disease, emphysema, all kinds of diseases that come from smoking cigarettes or any kind of tobacco. If you uh, if you drive fa if you have a lead foot and drive fast all the time. Odds are you're going to run into something. You're going to get a ticket. You're going to get, you, you get enough tickets, you're going to have to have your wife or your, somebody else or a taxi cab take you places because they won't let you drive after so many points. You know, if, you, uh, if you're promiscuous, odds are you're going to have, get, get sick with some kind of disease or have three or four kids with uh, somebody that's not your with somebody other than the one the other ones are with, 
I mean, those are just those are just things that happen. You know, if you if you eat a lot of the wrong foods, you're just going to end up in the wrong shape. Round is a shape, but it's the wrong shape sometimes. So I'm not we're, I'm not saying that you can just go live any way you want. You need to say the things that Jesus says about you. So I've got seven things here that I want you to start agreeing with. This is, this is not an exhaustive list. This is something to get you started. You know, you need to start looking and studying for yourself. And with the computer these days, with the Internet these days, you can go on the Internet and find all kinds of verses. I mean, you can just type in a subject and find all kinds of verses in the Bible, find out the Greek meaning, the Hebrew meaning, what, the, what, what they were talking about, who they were teaching it to. You can find all the information out. But here are just seven things. Number one, I am the wonderful creation of God. He knows everything about me. That's Psalms 139, 13, and 14. Number two, I was made in the image of God. My abilities to create, learn, love come from him. I have so much in common with the creator. That's Genesis 1.27. Number three, I am adopted into God's family, and I will live for eternity as his child. That's Romans 8.15. Number four, I've been created with a purpose. You're not an accident. God has prepared good works for me to do, and he will give me everything I need to carry them out. Ephesians 2.10. Number five, I was chosen by God, and I am special to him. 1 Peter 2.9. Number six, I am a citizen of heaven. The world is not my home. I'm an ambassador. Philippians 3.20. And number seven I, says is, I am never in the dark. God's word helps me find my way in dark times. Psalms 119.105. So those are just something to get started on. So salvation or being saved means we live in the kingdom of heaven right now. Here on this earth and in this life, not in the great, not in the sweet by and by. We don't just go confess Jesus as our Lord and punch our ticket to heaven, we get, and that's it. We have things to do here on earth. We're called by God to do something. We have a purpose. You, weren't not, you were not an accident. No matter what your mom and dad says, oh, you weren't really supposed to be here. God had a plan for you. When you were created, he had a plan for you. And so we need to start saying the same thing that Jesus says about us and seeing those things happen. And just because somebody tells you that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to believe it. You will believe you more than you will believe anybody else. So if you start saying the right things about yourself, then you'll start believing it. And I got one more bonus verse for you. And you get to go to the beach. Enjoy your vacation. Do whatever it is you want to do today.
want you to go to 1 John chapter 4, and I want you to read from 7 on, but I'm just going to read verse 17. By this love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Is Jesus sick? Is he broke? Is he afraid? Is he ashamed? Has he, is he unloved? Can he not be forgiven? Any of that stuff. As he is, so are we in this world. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, We pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.